DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is the author of many best-selling books on the theology and spirituality of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He holds the St. Ignatius Chair of Spiritual Formation at St. John Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado. Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. I'm always happy to be here, Chris. Even when it pertains to struggling in the spiritual journey? Well, as you've been saying, this is not primarily about struggles. It's about freedom from struggles. So we're only naming the struggles in order to show with Ignatius and with the Church's wisdom how to identify them and then to overcome them. So yes, I'm very happy to talk about overcoming struggles. I think it's great because you are leading us to connect with the divine physician, the one who can help us and is waiting to help us in these struggles. And of course, I'm talking about our Lord and Lord Jesus is waiting. He's knocking at that door, isn't he? And sometimes we're just too tired. We just, we don't have the energy to go over and actually turn that knob and let him in. Well, I think that's a good place for us to begin with this next issue in terms of struggles and freedom from them. And we return now to Bob and Julie, whom we've seen earlier. And they've gotten into the practice after supper when the children are settled and uh, there's a quiet space of just going out one evening or another, just going out walking through the neighborhood together as a time that they both enjoy just to be able to talk with each other. And this particular evening, they're doing this, and the topic of Bob's role in the men's group comes up two years earlier, so we're a few years later down the line in their experience. The former leader of the group had moved with his family, and the pastor had asked Bob if he would take over the leadership of the group, and he and Julie thought it was a good idea, and they both recognized it's been very good for Bob to do this, just get in this way a little step closer to the church and living his faith, to encounter speakers, to make the arrangements for the men's group. And under Bob's leadership, the group has actually flourished and it's now doubled in size. And Julie asked Bob, just how's it all going now? And she asked this because she sensed that something is not quite right in Bob. And he says, it's been good. You know how I've enjoyed it these past two years. I think God is more at the center of my life because of it, and I feel closer to the church. He goes on to describe what they both know, the good things that have happened to their marriage and family because of it. And Julie says, but something has been different recently, hasn't it? Yes, it has. How did you know? I know you, and I know when something is troubling you. So Bob agrees with her, yes, there is something, and he begins to describe this. Maybe it started when I realized that few of the men ever said thank you for the work I was doing. One of them also complained about the format of the meetings. I didn't show it, but inside I was saying, can't you appreciate what others do for you? Can't you do anything but complain? If you don't like it, don't come. We'll manage without you. Maybe this has nothing to do with what I'm feeling. I don't know. What I do know is that prayer has been difficult recently. It's felt empty and dry, so it's always the same pattern. Somewhere there is a vulnerability. 
And then the enemy will begin to bring these discouraging lies of spiritual desolation into that place. But again, our call is always the same. Be aware, identify, reject. And we can do it. This is one of the things I love when I teach these rules to people. And then people begin to realize, I don't have to live in subjection to these discouraging lies. I can reject them. And here are tools that our tradition gives me. And I love the, the sense of hope that you see dawn in people uh, when they begin to realize this. So prayer has been difficult recently. It's felt dry and empty. I don't feel nourished by it. And to be honest, I don't really want to do it. I have to force myself to pray. And sometimes I don't. So again, we can feel spiritual desolation coming in there. And then in time of desolation, don't make a change. And Bob is doing that occasionally. Let's not be too hard on Bob. We've all been Bob at times. We all recognize that. I don't know what's going on. I'm still praying the same way, but I don't seem to have energy for it. So we really don't see Bob being negligent too much here. In fact, things are growing. When you get that uh, scenario of a person who is faithful and actually growing spiritually, and then experiencing this kind of heaviness or discouragement or dryness, it's a very clear sign that these are the discouraging lies of the enemy and the call is to reject them. And he says to Julie, I feel the same about the group. No one would say I'm lazy, and I don't believe that I am, but that's the feeling. I just don't want to make the effort to search for another speaker. Make sure he's right for the group, get the pastor's approval, contact the speaker, make the arrangements, make sure the parish hall is ready, and all the rest of it. I guess what I'm saying is that I'm tired of it. It's not a physical tiredness. It's a lack of desire, a lack of the enthusiasm I used to feel. That, we're really pinpointing there exactly what we want to see here. And Ignatius will call this feeling totally slothful, just no energy for spiritual things. And it's not a physical tiredness, as Bob recognizes. It's just a loss of enthusiasm and energy for things that he's loved doing and that he knows have been fruitful for him, but now that energy is gone. What troubles me, too, is that I feel this way about almost everything in my spiritual life. That's what you've noticed, haven't you? And Julie says, yes. And I'd been hoping you'd talk about it. I'm glad that you are now. Bob says, this is the feeling. I don't have energy for spiritual things. I have to make myself do them. Those new steps I've been taking to grow as a husband and father. What if husbands and wives could really talk like this? The church has a term for this, uh, and she speaks of conjugal spirituality. You know, the way that husbands and wives together can share and live the spiritual life as spouses, as spiritual friends, which is such a beautiful thing and so strengthening, you know, when couples do it. The desire is gone too. At least I don't feel it. And as I'm saying, it's also true of the group. You know, Julie, I think it may be time for me to stop leading the group. Okay, we've got another classic sign of the enemy here, the proposal to make a change in time of desolation. Now, if Bob and Julie are aware of Ignatius' eight words in time of desolation, never make a change, they know clearly how to identify this. But if they're not, supposing Bob starts to feel like, I think he'll say it here, maybe the way I feel says that I've given what I can. I've been doing it for two years. Maybe the group needs someone new. 
I've been thinking of saying this to Father. Suppose Bob is not aware of what's going on, does not recognize the change made in time of spiritual desolation, and does pull away from leading the group. How many doors for spiritual growth, which have been blessing him so much, would be shut? But if Bob and Julie, maybe one of them sees it more clearly than the other, maybe they see it together, can recognize that this is not a time for you to make any change like this because of the desolation, you know, that you're experiencing right now, then he'll go solidly forward uh, with this. So Bob, having said all of this, now turns to Julie and says, what do you think? I think that something is not right about this. You're doing excellent work with the group. More men come than ever, and it continues to grow. Maybe they haven't said it, but that certainly is a thank you, and one more powerful than words. If you step down, I think it will hurt the group. And again, you you can just see the difference it makes when we're not alone with these things. And another thing strikes me as well. This lack of energy you describe is not limited to your part in the group. It seems to touch everything in your spiritual life, your prayer, your role as husband, as father, the newness you've been seeking, everything. That makes me wonder if the issue is not the group and the other things. Maybe this lack of energy is about something different. And so Bob says, if it's about something different, what would that be? And that's our question right now. I don't know, she said, but you can't be the first person to experience this in the spiritual life. I'm sure we can find answers, and I don't think you should decide about stepping down until we have answers. Wise words. I think you're right, Bob answers. The longer this goes on, the heavier it gets. It's time to find answers. All right, so what is the answer here? All of the evidence indicates, again, that Bob is living a very solid, rich, and growing spiritual life and is experiencing a form of spiritual desolation that Ignatius calls feeling totally slothful. Totally is a powerful word, and you see it in Bob. It's kind of touching every aspect of his spiritual life at this point. No shame in experiencing that. No surprise when Bob or we experience that. Be aware, identify, and reject in this case. If Bob and Julie, they're absolutely on the right path, when Julie wisely recognizes as a pattern, this isn't really about the group at all. This is about something you're experiencing more broadly right now in your spiritual life. And uh, she also very nicely says, you can't be the first one who's ever experienced this. And there must be answers, and there are, are answers in our spiritual tradition. And this is Ignatius' answer here, that there's no shame in this and no surprise that the enemy in a time of, in which Bob is growing would try to discourage him through this sense of just having no energy for spiritual things. And he, with a little bit of slippage, he's essentially staying solidly on track with what he's doing. And the fact that he's discussing this with Julie is another wonderful thing as well in this. Let's note how Bob says that the longer this goes on, the heavier it gets. This is another key teaching of Ignatius when the enemy brings his spiritual desolations and his temptations, the sooner we are aware of them, name them, and reject them, the easier it will be to reject them. And the longer they go on, the harder it will be to reject them. God's grace is always available to us, so there is never a point 
in which we cannot reject the enemy's desolations and temptations, but it will be harder. It's like a snowball rolling down a mountainside. It just gets started at the top of the mountain. You, you can just put out a finger and stop it. Let it get halfway down the mountainside, gaining mass and speed. It may run you over. So this is another teaching that can save us a lot of pain and burden and struggle in the spiritual life. Stop the snowball at the top of the mountain. In Bob's case, for example, what if a few weeks earlier he had spoken with Julie about this? The snowball would have still been relatively close to the top of the mountain, and maybe the following weeks of heaviness and loss of energy might never have happened at all. So the sooner we can do it, the easier, and this goes as across the board with the enemy's temptations and spiritual desolations. And again, to do the same thing, this will not happen. That long, dark, deep struggle, it will be much easier and much sooner over, you know, as we go through the struggle. Let me quote uh, just a single line from St. Benedict in his classic rule. And he says, As soon as wrongful thoughts come into your heart, so this is exactly what we're speaking about, it just begins. The snowball is just getting started. Well, what's the answer? What do we do? As soon as wrongful thoughts come into your heart, dash them against Christ. This is a lovely thing. Here is a a large, solidly planted stone and rock. And here is, since it's representing the wrongful thoughts of the enemy and his lies, let's make it a misshape and an ugly piece of pottery. And you take it and you hurl it against the solid rock and it shatters into a thousand pieces so that it can never be recomposed again. That's what Benedict says to do. As soon as wrongful thoughts come into your heart, bring them to Christ, open them to his power, use the spiritual tools, and they'll be shattered, and it will be over. It's just another lovely teaching. One more thing I want to add here, and it's something that over the years I've come to call pre-event desolation, which might mean, for example, you signed up for a retreat six months ago and you're really looking forward to it, Now it's a couple of days away and you start feeling, I don't know if I really want to do that. You have this time of prayer when you pray every day and the time approaches and something in you says it's just going to be difficult and heavy. Maybe it can wait till later. You've called a father read or planned to go and speak with a confessor or a spiritual friend. And now the time is coming and you find yourself thinking, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I even want to talk about this. Maybe I'll just text him and say I can't make it. or, And we could go on with this. Whenever we are approaching some solid, rich, beautiful, growing step in the spiritual life, we may at times experience this pre-event sense of heaviness, that reluctance. And I can't tell you, Chris, how many times when I do retreats or events, people will tell me that I almost didn't come, but then I'm so glad that I came. You know, so I just want to highlight this is another quality of spiritual desolation. No shame in experiencing that. And what it very likely means, and most often does mean, is that the enemy is is trying to discourage us from something that really will be helpful. I've come to see that pre-event desolation actually as a good sign because it means that there's something fruitful that lies ahead. We'll return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life their nature and their remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. 
To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. A prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. We now return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. I can give you story upon story about ever since you broke that open years ago for me and for many of our listeners, I have found that that's where you've been able to stop it right at that moment. And I'm so glad that you referred to the writing of St. Benedict. A lot of people might recall that St. Ignatius spent that time at Montserrat. And sure. that was a very, uh, you can see how that influenced him and his his love for scripture and his time to take in prayer and the rhythm of the day and that spiritual truth. And Benedictines will have heard in that naming of Sloth, the noonday devil, they will describe it as a monk who is carefully writing out, scripting out the liturgy of the hours. And about midday, he looks out the window and then stops the good work that he's doing and doesn't attend to his prayers. And he just starts gazing out that window and it just kind of you're drawn to something else that takes you away from that relationship and God's greater glory and boy don't we all experience that Father Gallagher no shame no surprise be aware identify and reject sure it's just one more of the forms of spiritual desolation that we may have to deal with in the spiritual life. And probably all of us can recognize this somewhere in our past experience. What is important is not to believe the lie that arises from the enemy when we don't have that kind of energy. And the urging will be to make changes. Yeah, maybe I won't go to the retreat or I can let the prayer go till later. I can speak with that confessor another time and so on. You know, it's in time of desolation, never make a change. You know, I said earlier that um, those eight words would get us safely through almost any darkness we would ever experience in the spiritual life. And I think we can see why as we're going through this. 
because that's what the enemy will try to get us to do in time of spiritual desolation. Bob, you've given what you can to the group. Time to let it go. And we could go on with the examples. And uh, no, that's a time to stay faithful, not to make any changes, and to go forward in that. And what will happen is that the that slothful feeling and so forth, it's not going to last. The desolation will end, and we'll be coming back to this as we go forward. Now, what's key too, isn't it, that it was affecting everything. It was affecting, at least in his prayer life and in his practices that of prayer that were drawing him closer to God. There may be cases, wouldn't you say, Father Gallagher, where uh, you might be involved in one particular practice or an event or something like that, where after conversation, discernment, you may have to pull out, but it doesn't necessarily affect everything else in your relationship and your fervor with the Lord. Is that an important distinction? Sure. Yeah, that's a very different situation. And that's the other kind of discernment that Ignatius speaks about, discerning God's will and choices that we face. So maybe things have changed. Bob has been given new responsibilities at work. Some of the children need increased attention, whatever kind of scenario you want to paint there. And it may be that there'll be signs in there that God is asking him to relinquish the leadership. But that'll be a very different thing from this slothful feeling that just comes out of spiritual desolation and lack of energy. It's not a physical thing at all. You know, it's not that he doesn't have the energy for these things. It's just a discouraging tactic of the enemy, which we need to name and reject. And he's real blessed to have the spouse who's kind of watching on the side and seeing this. But there are those who are listening who will have that friend that may be able to point that out. A parent might be able to see that in the life of one of their kids, or the kids might see that in the life of one of their parents. I know that I will share. There was a time when I, as an adult, was starting to slip in some of the things I was doing and falling into something quite like this. And it was actually one of my kids that said, hey, I've noticed that we're, we're not doing this, we're, and you're not doing this like you used to. Mom, what's going on? So it's a real blessing to be able to, to take heed and listen to those who know you well. Yes, that's the other piece. You know, don't make changes in desolation and don't be alone. Now, those two things together will get us safely through any darkness we may ever experience in the spiritual life. One of the early biographies of St. Francis of Assisi, it's a kind of metaphor of uh, Francis's spiritual journey. And he's reached the point now where he sets out in quest of encountering Lady Poverty. And in the, the image here, she, is, she resides at the top of a high mountain at some distance. And Francis sets out along the road to reach the mountain and climb it and to encounter Lady Poverty, which is an image of founding the Franciscan order. And as he's walking along, at a certain point along the side of the road, two elderly men are sitting, and they call out to him as he's on his journey, where are you going? And he explains that he is setting off to climb the mountain and to reach Lady Poverty. And they say to him, don't go alone. 
and in the in the metaphor that's the origin of the franciscan order that's the shift from francis personally living something to being accompanied by others who will share the life you know that uh, he's he's called to and that principle works in everything in the spiritual life and i'd say it's even more important today than in past decades because the culture not only does not support our faith as much as it did but it even attacks it often enough and so to have that network by which we're accompanied as we live the spiritual life uh, i think is getting more and more important it's always helpful maybe in a special way today and it's so grounded in scripture i mean isn't that the way the lord sent us out two by two he, he knew that we would need someone somebody to kind of to be able to at least walk with if not a greater crowd well that's why jesus founded a church and that the uh, basic point of that is that we're not meant to be alone in the spiritual life but part of an ecclesia you know an assembly where we work to uh, live together with others and share the spiritual life that uh, that we're called to live thank you so much father Gallagher. Very welcome. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com, or you can find it in the free Discerning Hearts app. You can also view the video of this presentation by visiting the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher.